Through the mud, chasing bucks on the ground, bring them back to the barn. It's time to throw down. Chase turkeys off the roost, way back in the pines, just a few miles down from Natalie County sign. If a pig comes around, we blow a hole right through. That's how we roll down here in the 352. Welcome back to the 352 Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Johns, and as always, the one and only Jonah Hyatt. Well, we have moved locations for this episode. We are not in the podcast room anymore. No. Well, for me and you to be in the same zip code, we just had to make ends meet for us where we can make it happen. So we're actually sitting in Georgia right now, up here, open a weekend. Uh, rifle season yeah so it's actually been a pretty good morning yeah we've been productive i don't well me and you ain't been fucking productive but no. Cecily killed her a pretty good buck this morning right out of rip which we usually try to set her up early season for one and she did a pretty good job didn't think they're gonna find him this morning and wind up taking dogs out there and everything else and the deer was dead 40 yards from where she shot him we just walked past him well, when you're when you're hunting a lane like that, it kind of it's it's hard to judge and know there's nothing no real landmarkers when you're just hunting a straight lane like that to know exactly where the deer was standing. So I think we never really got on the deer yeah. where she shot at him at. I think he was a little bit farther down than what she thought he was. Which I ever I think any hunter that hunts a lane like that is it's a real narrow lane. It's just in between. It's just big pine block that's trimmed up on both sides and so you're talking about pine trees that aren't eight foot of eight foot across from each other and it's 200 yards long or better you can you, you can lose judgment of where you're at in a hurry yeah so but anyway we'll get more into that throughout this episode let's go ahead and tackle this whole elephant in the room about answer a lot of people's questions right here far as where we've been what we've been doing why we've been absent on the podcast and so i'll justify and i'll i'll say a lot of it's on me um i think the last time that i seen the state of florida was there right around the 20th of august so i've been out of the state for just over two months now so it's been that's been a a major thing and you mean we've kind of sort of talked around about doing it remotely me being remotely and i just i still don't think that makes a makes a real good podcast um you're trying to set everything up and me being remote so i just figured we'll still we'll try to continue to knock them out it's it's not going to be every week i know that just with my job and everything nowadays and me traveling and stuff but we'll definitely we'll try to do multiple parts like this so we can kind of spread the parts out and then and light on everybody what we got going on and i know we got a bunch of questions here and we're just going to run this episode kind of answering questions throughout it and then also hitting on everything that we've had going on the last few months and just kind of rolling with that and like i said this is probably going to be a multiple part just because we got so much to talk about yeah we got to get caught up and 
kind of figured Georgia probably going to be the only place that we're going to really cross paths for the next couple months anyway. So, yeah, I figured we might as well bring the. That was a good thing about when we bought this podcast equipment stuff was we wanted to make sure we could keep it mobile, and it is. It took me thirty seconds to throw this shit in the box, pack up, take it out there, throw it in my truck, and it took us five minutes to have it set back up. So yeah, that's that's a good part about it. We'll cross paths. I mean, like I said, we're not going to hit it, see each other every week, but we both spend a lot of time down here in Georgia, so we'll be on weekends and stuff like that. And you know, the days that Jonah was home here and there, back then it was trying to get stuff done he didn't have really a whole lot of time to come over and do that and the days that he was home we were either i was keeping him busy or somebody else was keeping him running 100 mile an hour so he's not like we had a whole lot of break yeah for sure so um so yeah we we apologize for such delay i know you mean our i've got it personally people's asked me you mean our instagram page people's message us and i know we we put out a you put a story up the other day about you getting all the podcast stuff and starting to bring it to Georgia about recording another episode. And I know a lot of people were definitely looking forward to this one. And we um, got a lot of messages and comments and stuff just off that story. So I definitely, like I said, I'll... it makes us feel better that people are actually looking for us. Correct. And there's other, there's other groups out there that do similar stuff that we do. And they've they've even hit us up going, Man, where's it at? We kinda miss you guys, so Yeah. So, so we'll we'll get we'll get back into it, but as far as that, let's get into the fun part. Yeah. Let's let's, get, let's go, see what kind of questions we got. Yeah, let's go ahead and answer questions and then like I said, we'll throw some of our stuff that we've had going on through the mix of it. Yeah, we're gonna look at the questions, we'll answer them and then we'll kind of, you know, we're it's gonna be a, a pretty much a question episode, draw yep. it out about what we got going on. For sure. So um we'll just go ahead and answer we'll go ahead and ask the first one and then we'll go from there um the first one was and we'll just we'll kind of we're just going to go in order as they came in um just kind of make it that easier so we don't jump around too much um the first one is experience with rattling um i think these farther southern states like florida georgia even into that, like Alabama, Carol. I mean, I wouldn't even say the Carolinas, but especially Florida. Let's just say Florida. It's so time driven. I think you mean you don't have that lengthy amount of time like you do in the Midwest, where you can rattle, and you. I think a couple of weeks right there. If you rattle, there's a good chance you could call a buck in. But when you get down here in this deep south stuff, you mean it's so. You only got a real short window. If you can hit that window right, I think it's effective. But you can, it's it's only like a day to day kind of thing. the The conditions got to be right. The deer have to be in the right mindset, and I think it's effective. But it's just it's very limited, and I think that's why a lot of people don't see the effects of rattling in these southern states like Florida and South Georgia, and even probably in throughout Georgia. Is it's just got to be that definite right time yeah i think i've only rattled up actually i've rattled up one deer there at the house at the red gate when i was younger and i actually it was actually that big six point that actually cut the horns off that i use as my rattling horns now mm-hmm. i rattled him up with an old buck and he come in there like a string come out of marshall's come under the fence come right i mean i watched him for 500 yards coming to me and outside that i don't know that i've ever really had 
you know, much success. I've rattled up young bucks, little bucks out there just being nosy. Mm-hmm. I've done that, but an actual good, mature buck, a good, mature buck, especially down in the deep south, he knows he's king of the hill. He's not too worried about everybody else out there. And they hear so much of that sparring and stuff going on that it doesn't, I really don't know that it really affects them that much. Like you said, now you could get one on a cold morning fired up. I mean, you might get one come strolling through there coming and say, hey, what's up? But I don't, like you said, it's a real time-driven thing for us. And I think it's a lot earlier than you think it is. I think right now you should be rattling. Yeah, it's like, it's like, for say, looking back on last year far as throughout the summer when started because you I mean we run feed and cameras and stuff both of us we run all year long so we start seeing them first fawns and stuff like that you I mean real little and you can kind of say hey that fawn was probably born a week before you got that photo a week two weeks and so if you start doing the math which is 200 days before that's whenever that doe got bred and so that was putting our does getting bred somewhere about the 20 about the between the 15th and the 20th of november last year yeah but i don't think that's not your that's not the time to call no the time to call is right there probably about a week and a half two weeks before that right around that last bit of october first week of november i've had real good luck right now like i said a good cold front like it was last week here in georgia rattling out there on a good open field or good chop mm-hmm. you could probably draw them in you don't rattle them during the you know during active rut when they're getting bred the lockdown stage yeah you don't much. yeah you need to be weeks ahead of that that's when they're out there picking dominant that's when that mature buck is showing who who's boss yeah that's his territory and i think dough to buck ratio has a lot to do with it how effective calling far as rattle and grunt and all that kind of stuff has effect because if you got a strong doe population you mean you got up there five six seven does a to one buck they don't have to fight for a doe they got plenty but if it's you mean a one to one or two to one ratio yeah i mean they got to get up and fight and generally you mean two bucks fighting and they're fighting over a doe so another buck's going to come in there and try to steal that doe or try to get in on the fight and try to beat both of them bucks and take the doe and that you mean but they don't have to do that when there's so many does available. Yeah, you know, I don't think we had that out of a problem here for us because I've got damn near an equal 50-50 ratio does to bucks almost. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, young bucks, you know, 50-50. And you've got so many does and so few bucks that, I mean, I think your bucks could be pimps out there. They could just, they could get them a herd of 10 and keep them off to the corner or to one side and, Another buck get him ten and take him to his corner, and they don't really have to worry too much. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we tried to. I mean, we we shot a couple of those this year. You mean between me and Shane and um, shot or shot at? Well, shot, shot at, crippled the whole nine yards. But um, we definitely. I think we're gonna. We still got some more does. We need to take off our place to get it back, get it right. So but we'll get there you can't yep. shoot them all at one time nope so well we'll keep on lighting on different hunting stuff but let's go on we'll move on to the next one um our good friend huck he's always when we were hard into this he he was always 
throwing them little zinger questions at us every week we come. So I figured when I put the post out about asking questions, I figured we were going to get one from him, just some kind of – sometimes it's it's relevant, sometimes it's just a yeah. whatever. But he said, do you all hunt? Well, yeah. that's been our problem. That's been my problem. I've been traveling, hunting, guiding – photography stuff that i haven't been able to be around and that's why we've been absent on the podcast but on a side note here i'm gonna take a jab at that little bastard did zach send you the snapchat the other day of huck sitting in the passenger seat of his truck they're right they were riding through i think huck's place uh, he sent him a little snapchat of huck over there riding around and they had their faces were blacked out yeah yeah i seen it yeah and I said, look at that little guy over there. I said, it's like he looks. I said, he looks like he's like a child in your fucking passenger seat. He goes, yeah, we forgot his car seat. I got him strapped in good. I said, you should have brought his booster seat so he could see over the dash. His feet were dangling. Her feet weren't touching the floorboard over there. Yeah, I don't think he'd see over the dash of that son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I know we're going to get something from him. Really? When he listens to this one, he's going to be. He's going to be all right. He's going to call one of us. What the fuck? He called me the other day, and I, I was busy. I didn't call him back, I'm sure. He probably thinks that I ignore him now, but it wasn't. It's called ADHD, buddy. I forgot. Yeah. About 30 seconds after you called me, I was like, shit, I'll call him back here in a little bit. And I fucking, you know, gone. So, but, but yes, we still, we're hard at it. You mean we, that's, I've been hunting pretty hard here the last. I've been trying to hunt. I mean, I fucked up last week. I got me an 11 point I'm going to kill this week if I can get a hold of him. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some pictures to post to him. Yeah, y'all just wait. If y'all, if y'all ever seen that story on TikTok last year, that guy that had that super spike and the kid killed him, I got his fucking nephew, Delbert. Old Delbert. That's just that's what we're going with. That's we finally figured a name for this goofy deer. But I mean, he's a he's probably one of the bigger body deer that you have on your place. But as far as rack size, he's he's. That's- 14 inch tall spikes on him at least yeah he's got one brow tie he's, he's got a neck that looks like a 55 gallon barrel yeah. like, looks like somebody strapped freaking tire tubes to his neck i think you're going to be more excited when you shoot him than anything else you've ever shot oh god i'm ready to kill him I, i've been talking to everybody zach wants to come kill him so fucking bad he can't stand it and i told him i said I, if i don't kill him late season i'll let zach come here and shoot him if he sees him but but yeah. he's, he wants to get him mounted he's fascinated in like, I got one over there that's just got one big, long spike, and then he's a fork on the other. I actually got two of them like that, and he's – I've sent him pictures, and he's all about killing. So you won't get that thing mounted. I'm going to get my skull mounted at least, European mounted. Yeah, because he's going to have some monster head on him. That's the thing. He's going to have a hell of a cape on him. Well, we're probably going to hold a cape back as a donor cape. I would. I definitely would. You're talking about a good cape. Yeah. Because you usually don't get – for, say – you, it's hard to get a good cape because you mean any deer that you don't mount really don't have they're not big enough to put on a deer that you are gonna mount yeah so something like that you know you're not gonna get him shoulder mounted i would save him too i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna say that cape back yeah i'm gonna get him head i'm gonna get him skull mount. i'm gonna skull mount or european mount cecily's and so we have, we might have two European mounts coming back. If I, if I can see his ass and hit him, yeah, you gotta. You're at. You know he's there. 
Now you just gotta you gotta finish it. Yeah. So. But. Yeah. No. We'll we'll keep at it. We'll see if Huck even hunts. It doesn't look like Huck hunts. Like he lets everybody else hunt. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. He's he's on to new adventures. It looks like. Yeah. Look, got even a nice little setup over there too. Yeah. So good for him. I'm, I'm glad that he he looks like he's doing pretty well with it. So. Well, you got a little Huck. You're gonna be here any day. Yep. So. That's I, a little podcast, baby. Yep. Yeah, that is. The, um, it should be, I mean, I, he sent me a Snapchat the other day saying it should be any time now. So, hopefully that'll, that'll all go good for them. But, anyway, you want to move on to the next one here? Yeah. It says, what's y'all's bow and arrow set up for this year? You're running the same as you were running before. Yeah, so I think we've answered this question about a half a dozen times but it changes every yeah every week i got the same elite ritual 32 or 34 32 32 it's sitting up there if anybody wants it it's still for sale you knew um you're still shooting the what the kinetic pierce whatever the the gold tip yeah the real fine four millimeter yeah the real fine spline arrows and a 125 grain ramcats yeah um I actually swapped everything of mine, so I'm actually, I do a lot of photography stuff and work for actually Buckmaster now, so I do a lot of content creating for them, and so they're they're sponsored in a line with a bunch of different companies, one of the companies that they're sponsored by is Easton, so I actually, I was shooting gold tips for years, and I actually ended up switching just because of them, and so I ended up getting some East Ends. I shoot the um, the Axis, the 5mm, and I've started refletching my arrows. Um, actually, Zach actually refletched a lot of my arrows to start with, and then I picked it up and stuff just because all my traveling, I want to make sure that just in case I'm out hunting somewhere and I need mess up some fletchings or whatever, I need it's it's gets expensive if you take them somewhere and get them refletched because i'm shooting a four vein now um and then as far as my bow setup i ended up switching i was actually out over at zach and tess's there one afternoon when i was at home this whatever a couple months ago shooting and i pulled back because i had that bow tech and i pulled back there and i heard it pop one time and i let down and it it cracked a limb again and that's just actually the second time it's did it and i was like debating getting it fixed or getting a new bow and i'm like you mean i'm traveling all this going to these different places and stuff like that and I'll, i just had a fear that if it did it again i mean luckily enough i was at home before season i wasn't hunting everything like that that i had time to get it figured out and i was like i just i don't want to be off somewhere and this happened again so this ended twice up twice in two years yeah i think yeah. Yes, that limbs put on it last year. I thought year before last. Yeah, I'm pretty much every other year. It seems like I'm. I would have to have put limbs on it. So, um, I took it to the archery shop. Botech actually warrantied it because it was a. I mean, it, it's under warranty. Them limbs were, but I was still skeptical about it. I, I just. I mean, luckily enough, I'm smart. I mean, I heard it and I let down. I didn't shoot it because you mean, who knows what would happen if I'd have shot it could have blew apart yeah so um 
I started looking around, looking around, and ended up finding a Matthews. Um, I actually went with a last year's model. It's uh, actually year year before that model, but they had it. It was a brand new bow, but they had it discounted because it was a year old model. Um, I got the V3, the 27, and so I got it all set up with my stuff, and then ended up getting a b3 site for it i um, started shooting a thumb release type it took a second for me to, i shot it a little bit but once you get used to it it actually is not it's not bad i kind of like the thumb release a little bit it's just it took it take me a little longer to get used to it but mm -hmm. it, it's it's pretty sweet yeah and it i actually like it because i'm not saying i had target panic super bad but it if you have just a little bit it helps with that also so um so yeah it was that's kind of my setup now i'm actually shooting the the g5 mega meets now i was shooting the ramcats but i ended up just because shooting a four vein and shooting the ramcats there's a good possibility that um you could get arrows that fly weird so yeah i'll be going to Missouri I actually be leaving on Monday so I just didn't want to get somewhere like that and I have issues with that bow so I just figured I would go ahead and bite the bullet and give me a new one and something that'll last me for a handful of years and something that's more durable that was my biggest thing I don't the bow was plenty fast enough yeah it, it was, was quiet it just uh, it was not reliable correct um which I thought it was pretty quiet until I got my new one. That you mean. And I was always one of them over the years, the brand stuff. Like, oh, yeah, you mean Matthews is just a brand thing. I mean, Hoyt is just a brand thing. But you get to shooting these higher-end bows like this, and it, it, there's, there is a big difference, you mean, as far as comfort, durability, speed, how quiet they are. So I'm definitely happy with mine probably the loudest thing on my bow is my release so it definitely it's a good one and um i've shot a doe with it i actually shot a buck with it but that's a that's a long story we'll get into that one later on in this episode or another episode all right so we'll just move on to the to the next question here so this one is what took so long and I know we've already kind of skimmed the surface of what, for say, what we've been doing a little bit, but we'll dive a little bit more into it and get a little bit more in detail on why we've been absent on the podcast. So, and I'll take full responsibility for that one that I haven't been home. Um, I've been gone for over two months and pretty much it, it's just pretty much impossible to for us to get together and knock one out and i just didn't want to i don't want to do it remotely because just the audio i don't want to audio is not as good and i've had people message us and say you mean we like what you guys are talking about like what y'all guys are about but we also like that you have good audio so that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it remotely, um, and it's just more genuine if you're together. So we um, 
kind of a little bit on what I've had going on. I've really amped up a lot of this photography stuff. I've, gui- I've been guiding a bunch. I went to Kentucky, guided a little bit out there for that velvet hunt that they had. That was pretty fun. And then been here in Georgia a little bit throughout the last two, through two, two and a half, three months. And then I just actually have been in Alabama for almost 20 days. Just got back here two days ago. Going to be here till tomorrow. And then I'm going to go home and be home for less than 24 hours and get on an airplane and fly to Missouri for mm, about eight days. Yeah. So, uh, and then come right back home and probably ended up coming right back up here because you're going to get into the really good hunting here is that first of November. It should be pretty good depending on weather. And then we should, I'm probably going to go straight back to Alabama and get some stuff done over there again. Start working over there because the guy you're helping in Alabama, he's kind of a bigger farmer too. So y'all been getting crops up here the last few weeks. But now that you're getting closer, because Alabama bow season just fired up like two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, this past, this, um, today was a week ago. So it was last Saturday's whenever their archery season, because their rut's not till till real late. Yeah. It's not till like January. So yeah, they kind of just like what it is around home there that they, they change the season according to their rut. So. They they did that in Alabama too, so so yeah we'll be I'll be going back out there and probably the month of November and then the month of December I'll probably be kind of bumping back and forth between over there to here to home back up there you mean gonna kind of be traveling around a little bit yeah. for them two months so hopefully i can sneak back home we'll record some episodes throughout the them two months and then also when you come up here if i'm up here we'll we'll try yeah. to knock some out so um what have you really i mean i've talked to you a little bit but i know y'all been we've just been busy we're busy there at work we had four or five jobs going on that were pretty hard and strong and we kind of got them caught up to a slow point now but we kind of got we we did really get hard in the hay there for a while, and we were doing for us for you know two man crew for me and my dad, you know we were doing almost three hundred bales a week there for a while, and it got it, I mean it just got to the point where it was just exhausting to not even think about you'd work all day come home do hay and then worry about trying to come to Georgia every weekend or every other weekend to keep feeders filled or something like that. And we've just been working ourselves to death, which we've been slowed down. You know, work has slowed down a little bit, kind of waiting on the next project to fire off. And we kind of got a loose ends tied up. So we've been able to slow down a tad bit there. But we've still got, we've got, I don't know, maybe 75, 80 acres of hay left. And we're wrapped up for the year on that number, which we'll catch that here in a few weeks. But outside of that, we've just been, we've been busy, but but not crazy busy we've we've just i'm trying to keep you know keep things moving there at the house and everything else and and like i said with jonah being out of town you know when he was in town he was an extra hand to help and it it was was one of the things that we just kind of had to you know do it my my dad's retired he hates working i can tell you that now that man despises going out and doing any damn thing but he refuses to give it up so he used to bitch about anybody ever coming and helping us. And then when Jonah started coming and helping us, he got not lazy, but got used to having a third man out there 
on a tractor and then he was been gone all all fall and so now he's about her having to you know tether and rake and pick up the middle of the day stuff and he's like man this fucking sucks so but we're we're about caught up it's deer season now so we're gonna try to make some time for coming up here and doing stuff yeah you mean and that's we're getting into the good good hunting up here like i was saying so you mean i know you're gonna try to be up here and we were actually just talking about it before we got on here about the weather and stuff it don't look like it's too great a weather so um hopefully hopefully it'll get pretty good here in the next couple weeks couple weeks because i know the full moon is i think the 27th 28th of this month so that should that should get some stuff moving full moon good and cold i'm hoping for sure so um we'll move on i think what i want to do is we got like three or four more questions but what one of the questions i kind of want to save for a part two and then so i think we'll we'll kind of jump around a little bit here from from here on out on the questions so um Let's go ahead and actually you haven't seen this question. The guy actually direct messaged me on my account and he didn't put it on the Facebook or on the um, questionnaire one just because of it was kind of a lengthy more of a question. Yeah, I see like, you wrote a damn book. Yeah. So um, he's asking because I think he's seen that you use them and stuff. So. He said that he put out some gravity feeders about two weeks before season in Georgia, and it seems that it ran the bucks off. The does are out there eating out of them, but he really hasn't had any bucks anywhere close to it. The only buck that he's actually seen is off in the back a couple of times on picture or on camera. So he was wanting to know um, what our thoughts are as far as do you think they'll show up? Or you think it's a bad move to put feeders out, or what? Or will they ever start coming? To it took six to eight months for the deer to get onto these boss buck feeders, and that big shiny one up front up here, that galvanized one, it took them damn near a year to get comfortable to it. Where they just, but what we've what we've always done is we'll take and spread corn all the way around it. We'll just broadcast corn around it, under it. You know, we'll we'll make it where they have to feed around it. And after a while, eventually they'll just get used to it. You know, two weeks isn't enough time to... to if once the does get used to it, if he's got does coming to it, it's just a matter of time before the bucks are like, all right, it's safe. They'll be yeah. back to it. That was the biggest thing. Once you get one or two, and then from there on, we've been running gravity feeders for years now, and it's like the yearlings get born, and the yearlings already know to go to the gravity feeder and start feeding. And it's just from there all the way until they get mature, they've been in that gravity feeder. And then boss bucks, yeah. Or, you know, it's it just takes time to get the herd, I guess, used to it. Yeah, and it, and this is really, you I mean, and like he even made the comment in the the question that he asked. He said, he said, obviously, we should have put it out a little bit sooner, and that's that is very true. Because um, you got to think, you I mean, you you get all these pictures of these bucks daylighting on feed back when they're in velvet, they're in bachelor groups and stuff like that. Them deer they're comfortable then they they come around stuff they're more vulnerable then just because but whenever you get this time of year when they lose the velvet they start 
um, getting ready to breed and stuff like that. They start breaking up and stuff. Deer start, they're not daylighting anymore. They're, they're completely nocturnal. They don't daylight until that good time of the year, until the, the weather gets right, the moon's right. It's just that right time of year. Yep. So um, probably the best thing to do is introduce them kind of feeders when them deer are in bachelor groups. They're more vulnerable. They're more out. They're, you mean, they're daylighting a lot. So that's probably going to be your best time to introduce them kind of feeders right here after hunting season or even, like, early on when they're getting ready to lose their, their horns because they, they go pretty much back to strictly being – I mean, a buck is no different than a doe that time of year, like, during the summer and stuff. He he has no drive. Like, they're completely different than humans. They, Whenever it's the rut, that's all they think about. Whenever it's that off season, they don't. They're pretty much they're sterile, just like a doe is pretty much. Yeah. They don't. You mean they don't think about breeding? They don't have no intentions of breeding. They're strictly there to get fat and just survive. Pretty much. So you mean you can get does to come that time of year. Generally, you can get bucks to come during that springtime, summer, all the way through, pretty right. much till they lose their velvet. Yeah, all the way to early fall. Correct. So, that's what I would do. If you're, if you're trying to hunt right now, I would almost go in there and take them out. You I'd mean? broadcast corn away around them because if the, the bucks are in the background, they're there. And cameras don't tell you everything. That is very true. You mean, they... And I... Out of probably 95% of the deer that I've ever killed in Georgia, anywhere, that I have a feeder or a camera or whatever out, I do not shoot them deer in front of the camera. They're usually skirting out through a food plot, coming through the woods, looking. They're, they're coming to check that feeder. They're not checking for feed. They're checking to see if there's a doe there, generally. Yep. So that is a good point that keep it out, let does come to it. And it see, me, I don't... I don't like to put feeders generally in a very restricted area. Yeah. I like to put it out where you can see that feeder and then you can see around that feeder. Yep. Gives that cruise around it. Yep. Give that buffer that where a buck still feels comfortable coming towards coming within eyesight of that feeder so you can visually see him and get a shot at him, but he doesn't have to come all the way to it because generally they're not going to come all the way to it. Yeah this time of year uh, so yeah i would definitely i just scatter corn out around it yeah you're probably not going to get a ton of pictures of the feeder the feeder and deer in the feeder but the deer are gonna, still going to be there correct um and you if you got does there you you got some of the best bait right there in front of you yep. at the right time of the and year like I said, if the does are already gotten used to it they'll 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 feed out of they'll they'll teach everybody else yep. you know because they're not I don't know if I ever... I think I sent you a picture years and years ago. Well, I was at the house hunting at, back there in my bow stand at the Red Gate. And I was and I took corn back there in a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, I remember that. And I spread corn out, and I had a little bit left in the bottom of the bucket, and I didn't want to pour it all out because we have Sandhill Cranes bad, and I didn't want... I just I, I almost always just put out what the deer could eat that afternoon and the next morning because I didn't want the Sandhill Cranes to just get, you know, where they were just homed right there. So I spread a bunch of corn out right there, and I took the bucket and walked about 10 yards back down the road and put the bucket in some briars, and then got up in my damn stand. 
Well, the damn I seen a damn doe coming in there, a little doe coming in there all by herself, fed around for a while, come out, went down the damn road. Well, guess what? She seen my bucket sitting, a white bucket sitting in the briar patch. Well, she went over and looked at it, sniffed it, screwed around there for a while. Well, the bitch wind up actually eating out of the damn. She sat there long enough that she actually stuck her head in that five-gallon bucket of corn that only had maybe two handfuls of corn left in the bottom of it. Stuck her head down in there and fed until dark, eating out of that bucket. And I'm talking about she stuck her head shoulder deep in a five-gallon bucket because it was just a little dough. And that's how easy it was. I mean, it's just that easy for yeah. her to figure it out. And she had no worry in the world. Not a care in the world. I'm sitting there taking pictures, videos, everything. And that little doe didn't give two shits about anything. She sat right there, could care less about it being poured out on the ground. She wanted to eat it out of the fucking bucket. Yep. So they'll, they, they will get used to it. Yeah, for sure. And, like, another thing is, I don't know, you mean, I would have to know about property, where at, what, what's going on there. But I know, like, right now, there's no feed out there that will compete against acorns. There's just not. It's such a, it's a natural feed for deer in the area. They were raised on it. So, like, my places are a lot of acorns dropping, and that's where a lot of your deer are. They're eating on acorns and stuff like that. So... That might be where some of your bucks went to. You yep. mean, it's just timing-wise, you put it out whenever them were starting to drop, and that's where some of your deer are. Because I, I don't know about you, but, and I, well, I come over here and fed the other day, and I'm pretty sure I can see a difference. But I know in our place, deer ain't eating as much corn right now because there's a lot of acorns dropping. Yeah. And, and we, I try to set my feeders up on edges of creek bottoms or scrub. Like I scrub back there. A deer, they'll, they'll mill around that scrub back there and them big white oaks and stuff, and then they'll come out there and hit the feeder and then go back in there and mill around and come back out and hit the feeder. But I haven't seen as many acorns this year as I have in the past couple of years, but that doesn't mean they're not dropping. There's there's a tree in there somewhere that's dropping. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of them around our place that's dropping. Some of them roads and stuff's got trees that are hanging over, and it's just littered in Littered them. Yeah. If you walk down the edge of that bigger food plot we got there's two trees on that side that the box stands on yep and it is just i mean there's deer tracks everywhere underneath that they're just it. milling around in there yep so let's go ahead we'll answer one more question for this part one we'll jump off of here and then we'll we'll go ahead and do a part two part two is probably not going to be for say as long um but there's kind of a question we want to get which one are you trying to hit at we're, we'll get it answered on the second part so you talking about the special box stand? Yeah, so we'll we'll hit that one on the second one. So we'll go ahead and finish this question up. We'll jump off for a little bit, and then we'll we'll get back on here for part two, which it'll come out. We'll just we'll do it in two different weeks here. So this question is: What's your favorite animal to hunt in Florida? All right, I mean, I, hands, hands down, hands down, it's a fucking hostile turkey. Yeah, I mean that's. I know right now we're we're so worried about deer and deer hunting and stuff, but when it comes to the state of Florida, you mean it's Come about end of December, first of January, I could give two shit about killing a damn deer. I agree. You mean, and and that's the thing. That's that's what's so hard for us at the house is, you mean, we've done ran a marathon, as far as start bow hunting up here in Georgia, that second third week of September and hunt and muzzleloader hunt a little bit, and then we go into um gun season we gun hunt then we start running dogs we dog hunt until the first of january like 
we're completely done with deer at that point. Like we've done deer hunted we've for still got another month and a half of deer hunt at home yeah. after that. So you I mean we're completely it we I mean, like I said, it's I don't I don't give a hundred I mean I, I should, but I don't give a hundred and ten percent effort at the house like I should. I don't either. In this last couple of years I've kinda of slowed down a little bit. I mean now granted I do got a good buck at the house this year that if somebody don't kill him. Yeah. I might try to kill him, but, you know, it's, you could kill a good buck at the house every year if I would just put the freaking effort into it, which I'm going to plant that rye field in the back here in the next week or two. Yeah. So that's one of our little projects that needs to be battened up here soon is getting some planting done. But, but yeah, it's, the time I come around to there, that is just, I literally hunt out of the damn gator or out of my hunting truck on top of a four, three, about a three acre rye field. And I just sit in the damn, I sit on the damn gator, prop my damn feet up, drink some beer, turn the fucking thermosel on because it's still 80 degrees in January there. Yep. And good buck comes strolling across that thing chasing does. I'll smoke him. If not, I don't really care. Yeah. So, I think we'll go ahead and finish this part one out here. And then, so, I mean, we've rent, we've rent for a little bit here. And then we'll, we'll hit on part two. I think how i want to do that one is we got we got that one question i want to hit on and then i want to hit on your your riffraff that you had going last weekend up here tell your little bit of story and i can kind of light because i wasn't here but i was you were partly here i was partly here so be looking for that one we'll definitely we'll probably go ahead and how talk to, how to shoot and lose a monster buck 101 absolutely so don't do what he did so definitely watch out for part two we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that and you'll definitely you'll you'll definitely want to see the picture of the question we're we're fixing the answer on part two so anyway there's two of them it's a problem yeah i know but anyway you know he he, i told you he named them yeah but like i said i don't want to give anything away on part one We'll, (laughs) we'll um we'll definitely we'll jump on here for part two and we'll we'll explain what we're talking about so Anyway, well, everybody come back next week. We will talk about all the stuff that we've gave you a little bit hint on, and um, hopefully, we get all our listeners back. Like I said, we apologize for the for the delay, and we'll we'll try it again next week. All right, guys. 